singing. Would you please take your Bibles with me? Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. First Corinthians chapter 13. Now as I begin this evening's message, I'm going to be labeled as a heretic pretty quickly. But that's all right, right? It's just me, it's not you, so don't worry about it. <laughs> but I have something to inform you of that you may not know already. I love Disney. I love Disney. I grew up watching Disney. I pretty much know every Disney song there is to know. And anytime uh, when, when we were in lockdown, Pastor Levi was doing the Instagram lives. His question and answers uh, were basically, some of them were Disney or Disney songs. I could name them off pretty quickly. I think the only person better than me is Nikki Johnson. She's pretty good at it too. She knows it pretty well. I grew up on it. Um, we went to Disney on Ice one time. Maybe you've heard this story already. And uh, Mickey came skating out. And one of the first things Mickey said was, it's okay to sing along if you know the songs. Well, I took that personally. And so here I am singing the songs as loud as I possibly can. Now, I was not with my family. If I was with my family, that would be okay. I was with my wife's family. <laughs> They're a little bit more reserved. And uh, I remember there was a couple sitting in front of us, and he was videotaping. I am so on that videotape. <laughs> I'm on the audio anyway. And uh, I'm singing pretty loudly and things are going well. And his daughter turns around and keeps staring at me like, who is this guy singing all the songs? And I can just remember he reached his hand back like this and grabbed her face and just turned it around like, don't stare at the crazy man behind you. Now, I, I want you to understand this. I don't endorse Disney. I'm not here to tell you everything that they do and everything that they stand for is correct. We have a running commentary that goes on in our house. So when we're watching a movie, we watch it intelligently. We watch it and we say, you know, if somebody's throwing a fit, we talk about to the kids about throwing a fit or different things like that. We have an intelligent uh, commentary going on. But Disney has some interestingly proper views. They can be slightly taken out of context... But nonetheless, there's truth behind what they're saying. In almost every Disney, what I'll call relationship, there is a common theme. The common theme is this. Love will always find a way. That's the common theme. Aladdin has to overcome his past in order to meet uh, uh, and, and marry Princess Jasmine. Pinocchio has to overcome a whale in order to become a real boy and be with his father. Cinderella has to overcome a stepmother and stepsisters in order to go to the ball and meet Prince Charming. Sleeping Beauty has to overcome a spell. Anybody remember the prince's name? Oh man, I'm drawing a blank right now. Prince Philip. Wow. We got somebody else that's a fan back there. All right. Sleeping Beauty has to overcome that. Belle has to overcome the look and the attitude of a beast in order to meet her prince and marry her prince. The simple theme is this, love will always find a way. Obviously, this is slightly skewed and it's romanticized and all of those things, but I want you to understand this. The truth's still there. 
Love will always find a way. Let's take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 8. The Bible says this, charity never faileth. You see the correlation? Charity never faileth, and love will always find a way. The verse continues, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. The truth of the matter is this, charity never fails. Charity never fails. This is the only portion of Scripture I want to focus on tonight, is just these three words, charity never faileth. There is so much in this phrase, so much in this phrase that I think sometimes we read it and we just breeze by it. But I believe there are two sides of this coin, this coin of charity. So let's look at the two ways that charity never fails. And let's put these things into practice in our lives. Number one, charity is not swayed. Charity is not swayed. If I can give you one word for this, for charity never faileth, I want to give you one word. It's unconditional. Unconditional. It is unswayed. I looked up faileth in Strong's Dictionary. It means to drop away, especially to be driven out of one's course. It goes right along with the message that we preached this morning about being knocked and, and Satan trying to push us aside. Listen, love will never be knocked off course. It can never be swayed. It can never be dissuaded. Love is not tossed about. It's like a laser. It is locked on. And it is primed and ready. I want you to imagine with me driving a car. Don't you imagine with me driving down the 401 and you are having a wonderful time with your family and a mosquito hits your car. What happens? You don't even really hear a splat, really. You, have no, you really don't have any idea that a mosquito has hit your car. Any kind of bug, every once in a while you'll get those lightning bugs. Those are exciting, and especially if your windshield wipers get going. Just kind of smears that all over. Listen, when a bug hits your car, you don't really notice. When you, you could continue to be driving and you get closer to your destination and you pull off the highway and there's a squirrel that runs out in front of you. And a squirrel hits your car. Again, what happens? Again, not a whole lot. What if a deer were to hit your car? Oof. I've had a few instances where we were close to hitting deer. My sister has hit so many deer, I lost count. She hits deer all the time. Listen, they do, a, they do some damage to your car. You hit that, it crinkles everything all up, and you have to pull off of your course. What happens if a moose runs out in front of you? Ooh, I heard of a story of uh, this semi-truck that did not have moose bars on the front of his truck, and he ended up hitting a moose doing 80 kilometers an hour. The diesel engine that sat in the front this is just a story that i heard i have no validity to it but it ended up in the cab they're so heavy they will knock you off course what if another car hits you and t-bones you is that going to knock you off course yes it will now what if a big semi truck hits you it's going to knock you off course so basically, those things, I mean, depending on the size, 
of those things. One thing will knock you off course and another will not. A mosquito will not knock you off course. But a Mack truck will. It's going to do it. So you say, Pastor Yeoman's love can never be swayed. True love can never be swayed. Let me say it to you this way. True love can never be knocked off course. It doesn't matter how big that opposing object is. It doesn't matter how much energy is behind it. I don't care how fast it's going. You cannot knock love off course. It's impossible. Absolutely impossible. Read this verse with me again. Charity never faileth. Do you believe the Bible to be true? Then nothing can sway it. Nothing can make it fail. Nothing can knock it off course. You ask, Pastor Yeomans, how is that possible? I've been in situations where a problem arose and this knocked me off course or this knocked someone else's love off course. This is how I believe this to be true. If you want to write this down, write this down. There is nothing bigger than love. There is nothing bigger than love. Let me illustrate. Go to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. The Bible says in verse 8, He that loveth not knoweth not God. Here's the key phrase. For God is love. God is love. There is nothing bigger than love. Nothing. God is love. Let me, let me clue you into something that you probably already know. There is nothing bigger than God. And so God is love. And if you love True love, unconditional love, it cannot be knocked off course. God cannot be swayed from loving his children. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now let me ask you this question. What can separate us from God's love? Interesting. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Just to prove it to you. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. The Bible says this, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Jump down to verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen, there is nothing that is going to separate us from the love of God. There is nothing that is going to separate us from the love of God. It is not knocked off course. It is unconditional. Is it any wonder why God asks us to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength? Is it any wonder that he asks that of us? Really, no. If you love him, then you will never stop loving him. So listen, if you truly, if you can say, I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, listen, you will never stop loving him. Because love is unconditional. Love is no matter what happens, it never faileth, it cannot be swayed. 
There is nothing that can shake you of it. I don't care if it's cancer. I don't care if it's a car accident. I don't care if it's a family member dying. I don't care if it's you uh, going financially broke. Listen, we don't know what God has in control, but if we love him with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength, it never fails. Is it any wonder why in the context of the local church, God says that charity never faileth. That's the context of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's the context of the local church, and here he begins to describe what love is, and then at the very end, he describes that charity never faileth. I want to take you back to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Look at verse 7 with me. We read verse 8 just a moment ago. 1 John chapter 4, look at verse 7. Beloved, do you see who he's talking to? He's talking to saved people. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Verse 8, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Interesting. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. There is nothing that can knock me off course from loving people like Jesus loved them. There is nothing that can knock me off course from loving people like Jesus loved them. This is so, so important. There is nothing that love cannot endure. It is not swayed by the truth. It is not swayed by lies. It is not swayed by unfaithfulness. It is not swayed by deceit. It is not swayed by abuse. It is not swayed by being used. It is not swayed by temptation. It is not swayed by pride. It is not swayed by anything there are no conditions attached. There are no conditions attached. The Bible says here in verse 12 that no man hath seen God at any time. Do you find it interesting that the Lord puts that in the middle of a love chapter? In the middle of a chapter where God is talking about loving those around you. If God has so loved us, then we ought to love those around us. You see, the Bible says that no man has seen God at any time because no man can see God at any time. The Bible says that if anyone were to see God, he would just immediately die. Moses got the opportunity to see the back part of the glory of God and it almost killed him. He came down the mountain a completely different man. He, he had to hide his face because his face shone, the Bible says. Well, let me encourage you tonight that if we love the way that God loved, guess what we are doing? We are showing the world God. 
Let me say that again. If we love the way that God instructs us to love, we are showing the world God. We are showing God because God is love. God is love. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. You see, we are supposed to be living through God. God is supposed to be uh, shining through us. And so often, we let our little tiffs get in the way. We get a little frustrations in the way. We get our little feelings that are a little hurt get in the way of loving someone else because we didn't get what we wanted. Let me tell you something. Jesus Christ didn't get what he wanted either. And he loved. And he forgave. And he died on the cross for our sins. If we can see that kind of love and we shut that up in ourselves, how dwells the love of God in us? Listen, it does it. And so if we are going to love, we must love unconditionally. It is not swayed. I want you to see number two. Love is always effective. Again, I look it up, faileth in Strong's Dictionary. It has a second definition. It means this, to lose, to become inefficient. To lose, to become inefficient. Let me tell you this evening, it is always effective. Charity does not lose. Let me say that again, because most of you probably don't believe that. Charity does not lose. Love does not lose. You can say, I wasted my love on that person, but the fact of the matter is, love does not lose. It does not become ineffective. It is always effective. Love cannot be wasted. Love cannot be wasted. It is always effective. Again, let's look at the church again. There is someone that in, it is in the church that you might just think that is not lovable. Man, I look at them and I just cringe. They are not a lovable type person. Maybe they've hurt you. Maybe they've hurt the church. Maybe they've done damage to the church. Let me ask you again, what is the biblical definition of love? What is the biiblical definition of love? Let me ask this question. Are we supposed to make them pay for their disobedience? Are we supposed to make someone pay for their hurt to us? Are we supposed to give them the cold shoulder to make sure they get the payment for what was coming to them because they treated us so wrongly? Are we supposed to make them pay for the problems that they caused in our lives? Are we supposed to make them pay for the problems they caused in the church? Let me ask this question. Are we their father? Listen, if my sister ever made me pay for something that I disobeyed in my house, something was seriously wrong. It never happened. Why? Because she wasn't my father. Even when she was left in charge because my parents had gone, guess what she would do? She would tell dad when he got home. We are not the father. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And so often we want to make something happen. We want to make them pay for the problems they've caused us. Listen, that is not love. Our goal is to constantly love. Constantly love. 
What if they don't come back and apologize for the wrong that they did? Love. Love. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. I grew up in churches where this was not said. I grew up in churches where things were said where if anybody ever leaves this church, you are not to talk to them. We ended up leaving that church. And guess what? People did not talk to us. We saw my, ki- my kindergarten teacher one time in a mall. And my mom walked over and said hello, and she turned and walked away. Listen, I don't blame her for that. That was what she was taught. But I want you to understand this. That is not love. And listen, people are going to hurt you. And I'm going to eat these words one day, and, and somebody's going to hurt me. And guess what? Love. Love. Love, it is always, always, always effective. If you're in the habit of writing things down, write write this down. Love is not contingent upon the loved. Love is contingent upon the lover. Let me say that again. Love is not contingent upon the loved. Love is contingent upon the lover. Love does not hinge on whether we see results or not. It just keeps loving. Listen, if someone doesn't receive your love, it doesn't matter. You are the lover. Just keep loving. The Bible is not written here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 about receiving love. It is all about giving love. This is what love does. This is love's action. Love is doing. Let me get you to understand, charity never fails. It is always, always effective. Love is always the better choice. There are times when we won't see results. There are times when the person that we love so desperately does not reciprocate that love. I want you to understand love still makes a difference. Love is still effective. If that, if that person that you love ever wanted to love you back, they have to see a consistency of love. They have to see a consistency of love. Let me ask this question. Has God's love ever stopped because someone pushed it away a thousand times or more? No. Man, we, we think, well, that's God. Come on, Pastor Yeoman's like, we can't attain to God. I agree we can't attain to God, but that's the goal. So stop making excuses for your problems that you've come up with and said, I, I just can't love that person in the church. I just can't because they hurt me so much. I want you to understand you've got to get through that and continue to love. Listen, If that person who has pushed God away a thousand times, if that person would turn to Christ, guess what? God's love would cover a multitude of sins. You cannot make anyone do something, but you can love them and let them know you love them. You cannot make someone love you back, but you can keep loving. You can keep loving. Let me ask this question. Why is love always effective? Why is love always effective? Even when the loved one doesn't want it. Again, because love is God. And God is love. 
Love is the best way for God to be seen. We've already talked about that. And I, I think that's so important. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, by the love that you have one to another. When we fail to love, we fail to show God. And there are people in your lives right now that you are not loving, that you are not looking out for, that you are not going through 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and you are not looking at them and saying, hey, am I loving the way that I ought to love? Am I suffering long? Am I being kind? Am I envying not? Am I vaunting not myself? Is it, is it puffed up? Love does not behave itself unseemly and seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked. It thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. It beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Listen, charity never faileth. Are you loving like that? The person sitting next to you, let's start with your spouse or your children. Let's bring it real close to home. Are you loving like that to those close to you? How about the person that sits across the room from you? You love them like that. You say, Pastor Jones, you don't know what they've done to me. I really don't. We don't know what they did to Christ. And you might, listen, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate in my mind here. You might say, why do you always bring it back to Christ? Why do you always have to bring Christ in it? Listen, he is the one that we ought to be striving to be like. He is, he is the one who paved the way for exactly the thing. He was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Listen, he is our supreme authority. He is the one who we ought to be looking toward. He is the one that God so desperately wants us to be like. I want to take you over to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Look at verse 43. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 43. It's a convicting passage. The Bible says, Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. Jesus changes the paradigm and says in verse 44, But I say unto you, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Why? Why should I do that? That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans, so verse 48, be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. You see, we, God, Jesus, draws the parallel and says, just like God is perfect, you ought to be perfect. If you want to be a child of God, you are going to have to love your enemies. You are going to have to pray for them. You are going to have to do good to them. Let's break this down just a little bit. Do good. 
I've heard people say all my life, well, I, I just don't talk to them anymore. I don't get up upset at them. I don't get in their face or anything. And we say, bravo, you're such a good person because you just control your temper so well. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says do good. Do something. This is pretty typical for our society anymore. You have someone that you absolutely despise that just rubs you the wrong way. Guess what you do? You go buy him a Tim Hortons gift card and you say, hey, this is for you. So if a bunch of you get a Tim Hortons gift card in the next little bit, we're all in trouble. Hey, I, I made you something and don't put anything bad in it. Listen, do good. Pray for them. In college, I did not get along with one guy in my room. There was seven of us in the room. And it wasn't that I hated the man, but he just, mm, just, just things that he would say and how he would say them just, man, just would drive me insane. My dorm supervisor at the time pulled me aside and said, listen, you're going to have to do something about this. And I just began to explain to him how wrong the other guy was. And he said, you know, the Bible says that we ought to pray for those who despitefully use us and persecute us. Now, we weren't that far. He said, why don't you just pray for him? And I said, all right, I will, reluctantly. You know, the interesting thing, I began to pray for him, not that he would have a bad day at school or get in a car accident or anything like that. I began to pray for him. And pretty, pretty soon, before I realized it, I began to see him in a different way. I didn't do anything. God just began to change my heart about him. And listen, you might be struggling with somebody in your life and you don't know how to love them this way. I encourage you, first of all, do the right thing and do good to them. And then start praying for them. Begin praying that they would have a great day at work. Begin that they would, be, that they would raise their children in the right way, that they would have a clear mind. Begin to pray that God would do something spectacular in their life. Listen, and before you know it, you will begin loving them. Charity never fails. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 8. Charity never faileth. The Bible says, but whether there be prophecies... They shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. I want you to think about that. You can do miracles. You can heal people. You can prophesy and let people know what's going on in the future. You can speak in tongues. And though all of those things are absolutely amazing, guess what they do not compare to? They do not compare to the power of love. Love is never about the person you're giving love to. It's all about the person giving it. You have to love. You have to love. They may never accept your love. They may deny you time and time and time and time and time again. But God has called us to love without failing. And love people as he hath loved them. 
want you to just to skip down to verse 13 of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we'll be finished here. The Bible says this. And now abideth faith, hope, and charity. These three, but the greatest of these is charity. Listen to me. Love will change your life. Love will change your life, but you will never do it on your own. You can, listen, you can try to love your spouse on your own. And you can be somewhat effective. But there are going to come a day, if you're married, you know, where you just don't feel like loving. You can love your kids. Man, some people told me that you will never love anyone until you have children the way that you never dreamed you would love anyone. And it's true. But I'm here to tell you there are some days you don't feel like loving them. You're going to have your neighbor. You're going to have a church member. You're going to have a coworker. You're going to have someone in your life that, you know what, man, we get along. We have a good time. We have similar interests. There's going to come a day where you are not going to want to love them. There's going to come a day where they just are not lovable. Listen, if you want to be a godly Christian and live like God has called us to live, then we're going to have to love them through God, through the lens that God loves them. Listen, God loves unconditionally. It cannot be swayed. I do not care what you do to me. I don't care if you spend or be spent, Paul says. The less I be loved, he, he just didn't care because he loved through the lens of God. Jesus on the cross hangs there and says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's love. Let's be serious tonight. I don't know what odds you are at with someone, what frustration you have with someone, or maybe you're totally good. Whatever it is, do we love like this? Charity never faileth. Charity never faileth. Whether there be prophecies, you can you can prophesy, you can have miracles. Speaking tongues, all of those will fail. But the power of love will never, ever fail. Try it out. Test it out. You may never know the answer until you get to heaven, but I guarantee this, you will never regret loving someone. You will never regret loving someone like God loves them. Never. Never.